0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we are joined by Dan Perlman, who is the co creator, showrunner, and also an actor in the series Flatbush Misdemeanors. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the trajectory coming into a second season of this show because the timeline when you were creating the first season was literally a matter of months from when you got greenlit to when you completed production and the show went out on air. So you had to do everything incredibly fast. And it was obviously a very different experience from creating the web series that you'd been filming before. And so I was interested kind of going into season two and, and having a little bit more time to play around with the development process, the writing, kind of going into pre-production. What were some of the spaces where you realized in reflection, it was really helpful to have had to move very quickly in a lot of choices. And what were some of the spaces where where you really enjoyed having a little bit more space and time for season two.
1: Yeah, I mean the timeline of the first season was crazy because, like you said, we were picked up in October and we had to be on the air May 23rd, and we had two scripts written that also had to be reduced and, and tweaked and everything for production. So yeah, we had eight scripts to write and then cast and film and all that stuff. So but but we didn't really know how insane that schedule was. So I, I think there was a sort of um thought of like let's just kind of do it. you know I, I always like when I was a kid I always kind of preferred those um, in- class essays, you know when they would you just had to get it done then because if they gave me a month to do the essay, I was just going to kind of dick around and procrastinate and then leave it till the end and torture myself with it and feel bad about not doing it. Da-da-da. but when they're just like you have to get it done in 45 minutes, you just you just sort of vomited out, you know? So, um, so there's something kind of like reading about that. And there's something where you're just kind of like, okay, let's just kind of like trust our instincts there. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, on that crazy short timeline, I'm like very proud of how that first season came together. And there's so much like luck involved also, like, you know, it was kind of like, we shot it in you know march to may 2021 so a lot of people weren't vaccinated yet and all that stuff and so we didn't have any major shutdowns like it was like we had a very small window and really really um lucked out so i think it it was nice to just kind of like oh let's go with our uh, instincts and follow it through and just kind of get the thing done and then but then to your point of second season obviously the benefit is like oh, we can really step back and take stock of like what works well, uh, which characters work well together, which stuff we want to do more of and like bring that out more. And like, um, and what stuff like, oh, that seemed good on the page, but maybe it didn't come through as much. So we don't need to try to emphasize that. And so um, I think that that's the thing that comes with experience and is a thing where it's like, you know, we were straight to series. So we didn't even, it's not like we even shot a pilot and then could assess from the pilot, like these characters vibe and this one, you know, like we were just in it. So the second season, it was really helpful to have that benefit. And I think it helped everyone's performance. It helped us in the writing because we knew which characters were writing to. Um, yeah.
0: And with what you're saying about one of the things that you really loved being that experience of of figuring out which are the characters that really mesh really well together, I was interested in some of the elements that have come out of that narratively because I've heard you talk about the show previously in regards to to kind of like really loving that experience of finding the situations that you can create for these characters to continuously cross paths even if they wouldn't necessarily be in each other's day-to-day at certain points.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's the most fun thing for me and that's what I love doing so it's like the first season there's a lot of that where it's like okay um, Dan is Zayna's uh, teacher and Zayna's uncle is Drew, Kevin owes Drew money so now Kevin is in debt to Drew, Uh, Dan is now in debt to uh, Drew by uh, proxy via Zayna and so like and so you know uh, clash clash bump into each other bump into each other so then yeah, it's finding new ways to do that whilst sort of pulling the threads of what we already have. So it's like, okay, so uh, Dan has this Xanax addiction. So what happens? He's, it's going to keep getting worse. So let's make it harder for him. We'll bottom out, he'll go to NA and he'll be take this active step of like, he's trying to get back in this bureaucratic system of the school, gets into the school, has to give up drew drew's arrest arrested like okay that problem is solved he's being selfish not considering what happens on that side of things or just trying not to think about it and then oh look drew's arrest leads to him getting sent to drug rehab which is the na space that Dan finally found safe so it's like that's always really fun and exciting and like how do we how do we just continue to do that because it's like yeah, they're not it's not a family, it's not a a workplace where they're all going to like just show up or they're just hanging out at the bar. It's like how do they continually how do their missteps and their actions result in them just being trapped ultimately together? Um and how do they sort of survive that kind of uh uh inconvenience you know that's that's really fun that's really exciting and when you find a way and then sometimes you're going down a path and you're like oh maybe they could cross here and you're like nah that's a little too much or that like is a little too um whatever but like yeah i always feel like it's just fun for me to watch when i'm watching a show like i love succession i'm like what i love about succession i just love those characters so every episode they're like it's thanksgiving it's the board meeting it's somebody's wedding it's the anniversary dinner. It's like New Year's Eve. They don't care. Like, it's just get them in a room and have these conflicting people, personalities, just fucking bump into each other and be dicks to each other. And that's the fun of it, you know? Yeah,
0: But but that structure as well, at the same time, does give you that opportunity to kind of carry these characters off into different corners and different spaces. So if we look at Dan going into N.A., that's a space that he's the only kind of person at the center of of it from the core of the cast. And it also gives you that opportunity to introduce other characters and kind of figure out what are they gonna tell us about Dan as a character? What are they gonna add narratively? And so what is that decision-making process when you're building out a new character that's gonna come into one of the characters kind of periphery worlds in terms of how you want them to service either the story or the character and kind of like how involved are they gonna become?
1: Yeah. And sometimes a thing you sort of like feel out and you don't really know offhand because sometimes when you're starting, you don't really know like what purpose someone's going to serve. But I mean, the idea we always have is to not have any of the other characters feel just feel like plot devices. So ideally, everyone will have their own wants and, and needs. And every time you see them, you might see their three-dimensionality. So it's not just like... Um, they're there just to be a foil to this or um, uh, opposition to our guys. So, yeah, so I think, and it, it feels fun to kind of like slowly um, reveal more and more of the community because that was kind of always the idea to make a show about a community. So it's like, okay, in the NA space, it's like, okay, so there's this um, uh, sponsor and there's this uh, played by Lenny Venito and there's this love interest played by Alyssa Limberis, And so both of them, are like, you, you're you seeing how immature my guy is at first, how he's not getting it and not buying into it. And you're seeing some uh, perspective. It, it just feels like a fun uh, um, setting or scenario. And the deeper we get with those characters, the more we can um, uh, just kind of have fun and also explore each character's growth within it.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of one of the things as well in, in coming into a second season of the show is also that opportunity of, this is how the cast have embodied these characters. This is kind of what they're bringing to the foreground. And there's always kind of discovery that they bring that that maybe wasn't there on the page from just playing around with scenes in person. Um, and so what were some of the elements that came into some of the supporting characters this season off the back of what you'd seen the cast do in season one?
1: So you're saying of, of the existing characters?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, like, so the. um Of the characters that we uh, had in season one, like, I mean, you just see all of their strengths as as actors. So a lot of them we knew going into season one, and that was an advantage we had season one because we'd made it as a web series and were uh, comedians. And so a lot of the cast is also stand up comedians. So like Kareem Green, who plays my stepdad, we'd worked with him for years and he's a very funny comedian. Yamanika Saunders, uh, who plays my therapist on the show, who just yells at me, we know how funny she is. Roy Wood Jr. who plays the principal and Maria Bamford who plays my mom. Like these are comedians, we know their voice and um, anyone who's a fan of theirs does. And so they can, we know how to write to that and that kind of helps and they know who they are. Um, But then other people like Hassan Johnson who plays Drew on the show, like, I knew he was an amazing actor. I had no idea just like how funny he was and is so it's like he's able to take a line that on paper is not a joke like at all like I remember seeing in the I think it's the fifth episode of season one there's like a line where like Zayna's um upset and she's telling Drew like she's like oh they won't let me dance they won't let me play, let me dance at halftime in the game and uh Drew's line Hassan's line is like but you're the best dancer you're their best dancer is not a joke at all but the way he says it i laughed every time i was like oh this guy is insane how funny he is just like landing these sentences within his voice so it's just like knowing that it helps with the writing so much because you can just kind of like know you just have that faith you're like i know if i put it there it's like a, a team, a, a basketball team that plays together for a long time. It's like, I know if I pass it here, he's going to be able to go and catch up to it. Like he's going to get it. I can lob the ball up and LeBron is going to come in and dunk it. Cause I know he can jump that high. Like it's so helpful to know that Kareem, I know he can bring that energy and he can go up to 11. And then I know like, Oh, we can get him to like scale it back a little bit. If need be Kristen, who plays Zayna, like she has this amazing ability for a part that could easily be sad in someone else's hands because she has a lot of difficult things that happen to her and um, is in a tough spot as a character, but she imbues it with such like warmth and comedy and uh, energy that you just feel like, you know she's gonna be okay and she is okay. And so seeing that, that's so reassuring. Cause you know, she's going to just like imbue that into the character, So it's in some ways um, uh, f- like freeing or relaxing to just like know that, you know, you have that comfort in the trust you have in them. And then, and then you have that discovery this season also with some of the characters where you're like, I don't know how this is going to play. And then you see, I do one scene with Alyssa and I'm like, okay, that's going to be great. She brings all the sort of like, uh, toughness, but comedy, but sort of like um, uh, warmth to it. Um, yeah, we've we've really really lucked out with an amazing cast.
0: And with the comedy, what's so great about that is that it always feels very realistic and very true to the characters and mm-hmm. and it's very distinctive styles and delivery depending on the character so you know for Dan and Kevin it's more of kind of a very subtle dry humor and do you find was that kind of an intention to have that be the case because then that allows you to have the more heightened elements that sometimes you know then you can kind of play it up a little bit more with Dan's therapist like you were saying
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of yeah it's like it's just kind of picking our spots you know and, and it should feel like i mean that's just what my sensibility is and that's what you know his sensibility is so it's like but then those are people we all find incredibly funny so and that's that's so fun to just um to have to have like a therapist that just like berates me to me is so funny like to me that's like I just love that so much and I enjoy that and wish therapy was more of that and think my character deserves it that I just love it and yeah but that um higher energy it's just like a fun way to sort of like you know like a conductor you're just kind of trying to like um orchestrate it so it's like sometimes it'll be big and then sometimes just like slow build 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 and then when that happens that sort of punch of energy it feels so good and needed um uh yeah so it's just kind of like you just try to feel it out and sense when that is a balancing act you know and then you luckily have time like okay maybe there's too much of it. And then in the edit, you can scale it down a little bit. Like, oh, we don't need all the big noise. We can just kind of like tamp it down a little bit. Or, you know, you you have the room to kind of play with the, adjust the thermostat a little bit.
0: Right. And to that point, you know, you've you've mentioned before that, that the tone and the voice is, is something that's very important to you, especially in terms of finding that very specific balance between dramatic moments and kind of where the comedy comes into the show. Right. Um, do you feel like, with the groundwork of the web series that that was something that you found fairly early on in creating the season once you went into season one or has it been a little bit of a trajectory where there's it's just episode by episode striking that balance
1: no I feel I feel like we really lucked out feeling like had a good sense of it from the web series I think that was like the main takeaway from the web series because we there was no budget so we couldn't for the web series so we didn't know how to we couldn't mix it we couldn't color it you know we had bad sound like there was nothing we could do well except like find that tone um so that and that i think helped us so much and also showtime has like um been so supportive and put so much trust in us um and so from the beginning we felt like I feel like they totally understood the tone we were going for and I've never felt anything but full support in terms of like the tone we're trying to aim for. It was never like, Oh, you need to make it more this or more that or whatever. This is TV. Like they fully got it from the beginning. So that, that gave some confidence up top for me, where I can look at the first couple episodes and I'm like, I mean, I I can't I can't actually look at them, but I remember them and um, I can be like, okay, yeah, no, I think tonally that's that's what the thing is. It's not like um, I don't look back on think like in tone that it's wildly different than what it became, you know. So, yeah, I think we really lucked out in that respect.
0: And the voice of the show as well is is always very grounded and it feels like the characters are in situations and scenarios that feel very believable to the real world of them. Um, and through that, does that kind of create a space where the antagonistic elements that exist for the characters tend to be a little bit more based around their flaws or mistakes that they've made rather than kind of larger world situations crashing in on them at times for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always kind of, It's always more interesting to sort of um, to sort of have allow the characters to be I mean, to to your point about it being grounded, like, you know, I I think a big part of what lets it be grounded is to let the characters be flawed and to let the characters be messy and to let the characters make mistakes. And all of the characters make mistakes. All of them um, uh, make choices that are selfish. All of them make choices that, um, you know, are about treading water and getting through and maybe not considering the person right there or corner cutting and it's going to backfire and seeing them make that active choice, as long as you don't like judge it in the writing and judge them for it, but you can like understand why they're doing that, then that seems cool to see them make a mess and then have to dig themselves out of it or blame somebody else or just or some combination thereof so yeah you know you could always throw in some external like uh thing that they all have to deal with and you know uh that can happen as well but like it is more fun if somebody's like just takes an active step oh shit that creates a thing and now you have to dig yourself out of it
0: yeah and there's also a lot of kind of really rich moments with characters that just struggle to say something out loud or don't express something verbally you know if you if you look at that that scene that played out with Dan and his potential sponsor in NA yeah. and the fact that someone's like well did you say I, I I need you to listen to me right now or I don't feel like you're you're taking my feelings and my and my story in and giving me the space that I need and he's like oh no like but I feel like I should have maybe. Um, right. you know, and so what's what's that journey of of finding the subtext within scenes where it's you're not writing that dialogue on the page, but it's all kind of like contextualized within what you are writing for the character and what they are expressing, and then also even just in your performance as well, kind of always capturing that element of of subtext for Dan as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, you sort of feel out sometimes it comes quicker than others. Sometimes it's, you know, it's it'll take a minute of like. like in the in the first season there was this episode where um my character and uh Maria Bamford who plays my character's mom um have like a, a negative interaction and like early on like you know I knew the structure of it it's like okay he's gonna go um see Maria and then he's gonna have a confrontation or whatever but I didn't know like what in outline form like i you know it was m- my bad i just i knew the structure of it but i was like why is he going over there but then being annoyed at her like it it didn't and why why is she, is she just being weird like what's going is he just mad about kareem and i'm like okay so it took some feeling out and then like in feeling out it's like okay oh so what's going on is he's annoyed because she had all these issues when he was younger And he felt very put upon uh, with those issues and he could never really help in any real way. But, um, but now Kareem is able to help with great ease, even though he's running around in Christmas pajamas and just being, you know, a maniac, but he's able to like really tap into that. And I'm like, okay, so I get, he would act out in this very like, you know, immature way and be upset about it and act like he resents it. But as soon as that sort of, um, that un- unfolded like within the script, and I was like, okay, subtext wise, it's like, okay, now I get who this guy is. He's somebody who is putting all of this, that's how he learned what love is. Like, love is like you put all of this uh, energy and work into this thing that is probably not going to pay off, but that's what love is. So, and he's doing that in every aspect of his life. He's doing that with uh, 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 Kevin, having him stay on his couch, even though. Kevin doesn't want to be there. This seems over the dynamic. He's doing that with teaching with these kids that don't give a shit about him. He's doing that with basketball, which he's not qualified to do every aspect of love interests. Like every aspect of his life, he's putting all of this energy. And as soon as that subtext was found, then you can have fun with all the jokes and all the Maria nonsense or whatever. But like once you understand that skeleton, then it's like, okay, now we can have fun like decorating the house a little bit because the infrastructure is kind of there.
0: Yeah. and the way that you're even just describing that that process and that journey for kind of concocting the details, you know, I, I've heard you talk about how for you one of the things is like cr- looking at the micro and then kind of like gradually building it out to you're more in the macro space is yeah. that is that kind of always how you've approached writing and especially with these characters in this world?
1: Yeah, I mean that's I, I sort of and you sort of like learn that from or at least I learned that from from stand up that anytime, <clears throat> Anytime I would try to write a bit about like okay I'll, I'll I'm gonna try to write a bit about love or I'm gonna try to write a joke about dating or whatever like when I start from this like concept thing it all is very general is very um, just feels very like shoehorned it, it it unnatural like it it's it feels reverse engineered you know um, whereas when I might start with some anecdote, like, and maybe I'll just say the anecdote on stage and I have no idea what um, what is funny or interesting about it. But once you say that, then it's like, okay, well, what is, why is that funny? Why is that interesting? And you kind of can, who, what, when, where, why that to, to be like, what is that? what does that sort of like represent? What is that saying? What is that, um, what is the bigger thing that is attached to that? And that's very fun when you're able to sort of like start super micro with like, you know, I, uh, my friend got um, a first-class ticket on a Greyhound bus. He bought his first-class tickets on a Greyhound bus. So it's like, okay, so I start with that small anecdote. Like that, that's a funny thing to do. And why? It's like, oh, because you're trying to feel special in a universe where you're alone. Like, you know, you start in this small space and then... Go out into the orbit of like what that person is thinking, feeling, how you feel about it. That feels way more fun. And that feels like a more just a way that I can do it better. If anybody else can do a thing where like they can be like, I'm writing a, a film about divorce or I'm writing a film about uh, um, uh, racism or anti Semitism and they can churn out something good, that's great. But I have no ability to do that. I can just start with the little thing and then let it take shape and be about what it's about, you know.
0: And then I did want to ask you about Hey Arnold, cause I've heard you, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that that's kind Ooh. of a really great referential point for how you see the world. this world mm-hmm. where it's, you know you've got these two characters at the center but more and more you want to kind of go into the worlds of these other characters. And there can be mm-hmm. an episode that, you know really focuses on someone and the two mm-hmm. of them are kind of more the side characters in that moment. Was that yeah. something, was that a conscious reference that you realized when you were creating the show or is it just something in reflection that you kind of realized that there were similarities to, to a nineties animated cartoon that you loved?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it was, uh, I don't know that it was a conscious, like, at least in, in the web series, it, it definitely was not a conscious thing of like, oh, that's a good way to think of it. Maybe, maybe in development, um, sort of had that thought, but also, you don't really say that to people, because if you go in and pitch like, and we're going to do, it's like, hey, Arnold, with people, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, like, it doesn't, it's the thing, sort of, <laughs> thing you sort of quietly Think or have as a reference point, but um, but yeah, yeah, that show was very good at decentering the main character, at sort of like feeling um, uh, grounded, at feeling like um, it was taking its time, like pacing. It had this sort of like melancholy kind of pace, and was still able to like give depth to some of these supporting characters in short little stories. You know, some of the episodes are like these two. 11 minute stories. Um, and I've yeah, I just always liked and thought that was like a cool, effective um, way to do the show. Um, and yeah, it's nice to feel like you're getting this kind of like panoramic view of a block or of a neighborhood. Um, and that's what that, that's what that show did well. Yeah.
0: I really, really love that. Well, congratulations on everything with the first two seasons of the show. And thank you so much for talking about it. It's been so wonderful to hear all these insights.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it.